0: High arcing kick is going to be fielded by Rashid at the one up the right side of the 10. Angles to the middle 15. Gets a block at the 25. break three, Got gone. one man to beat. Shahid down the far side to the 30. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. No penalty markers. 99 yard return for a touchdown. Rashid Shahid, the sixth of his career. Pressure again. Flushed out by Tafua. Toward the sideline. Throws it back. And it's juggled. Pickup and a carry for Tavion Thomas inside the 10. Tripped up, keeps going, touchdown. Second score for Thomas, a 14 yarder. There are the highlights as the Utes beat Weber State 40 to 17 over Weber State. Charlie Brewer, 19 of 27, 233 yards, a couple scores. The only interception was on a Hail Mary. And Tavion Thomas. Man, 100 yard back on just 12 carries, PK, that was impressive. And Michael Bernard was good, but Tavian Thomas really stood out. Makai Bernard, that's in Michael. Makai Bernard was good, but Tavian Thomas really stood out.
1: Oh, there's no question he stood out. He's your number one back. Bernard's two, Pleasure's three, and Curry's four. That's your lineup right there. Don't at me because I don't want to hear it this morning. Absolutely not. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Utah passing because Cameron Risen came in and threw a couple of uh, passes as well. 21 of 29 for 262 yards and three scores. Can they keep that up? That's over 70% completion rate. Anything over 250 yards, I think you got to take if you're a Ute fan. Question is, will they sustain it?
1: You got Uh, a gut feeling? It looked like typical Utah offense, man. Run the ball very well, they threw the ball effectively. And you had receiver drops. I mean, we've been having
0: that for years. <laughs> hey, just two touchdown passes. Yeah. Takes no imagination to turn that 40 into 49. Catch the touchdown passes and make the extra point. You want to dream beyond that, go ahead. But nine points left out there for sure. All right, all right your reaction to the Utes coming up. Stay with us, DJ and PK. The Utes are getting ready for the Cougars. The Cougars still have a game to play. Hashtag BYU. Yeah, they just go back and look at all the different places that they've been, watch a lot of NFL film and watch a lot of different programs. So I think there's some similarities, but there's definitely some things that are, that are different. then you look at the personnel that they have. They're, they have a, a good number of uh, new players coming in to complement the talent they have already on the team. So a lot of different things. And then COVID year, you never know how well a team was prepared because the depth was always something that with testing and all that. You just never knew if they're ever, no one was at full strength, but you, you know that teams are going to be a lot better than what we saw. On film last year. That's Kalani Sataki talking about how BYU is preparing for the new coaches and the new players. Whatever Arizona is, it's gotta be better than last year just because well the hell of a pulse.
1: Why is it gotta be better?
0: Because they will have a pulse. Last year's oh, team was just dragging to the finish line. Lifeless. Getting pounded by your Devils seventy seven. Thank you, sir may I have another.
1: I don't think they thanked him. I think uh, they—we didn't. There was none of we appreciate the efforts of Coach Kevin Sumlin. Wish him well in future endeavors. Uh, I don't know if they say that. There were no efforts. Yeah, they're not going to be worse than they were last year. I think that's something. But uh, BYU still expected to win. To me, it's not about Arizona. I couldn't care less about Arizona. It is about uh, BYU seeing what they can do, uh, and the fact that they're playing a lousy team is the reason why. I mean, if they were playing like next week here. In eight days, the Utes, it would be about the Utes and how good can they be against this team. But against Arizona, I don't want to hear, well, they they have a pulse, they're better, they're this or that. I think that all that stuff is, it's all about the the Cougars, man. They've got to come out and be crisp and be effective and be ready to go. 8.30
0: on ESPN, the Cougar pregame show starts at 7 o'clock tomorrow at JCW's in Provo. BYU, along with UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston are the top four candidates for Big 12 expansion. Multiple reports, The Athletic, ESPN, on down the line, emerging over the last 24 hours. Those are the top four. Are you surprised even a little bit? I mean, those are
1: the obvious four, aren't they? Uh, BYU's number one. You got that?
0: BYU's number
1: one. Yeah, I mean, we can keep The Athletic and these people can keep reporting, blah, blah, blah. And that's great. It kind of reminds me of Charlie Brewer. Whoever has the latest is viewed as the most breaking, and that's great too. But BYU, they can be in there as soon as next season if they want. I firmly believe that. It's up to them to decide what they want to do. And they can even be football only until Oklahoma and Texas leave, if that's what they wanted to do. And I think that uh, the Big Twelve. is, I don't know that it's been reported, but I think the Big Twelve is making a strong push to see if the Arizona schools are interested. So yeah, things are happening for sure.
0: Do you think the Arizona schools are going to be interested? I would think not, but maybe they'll surprise me. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Well, I'm, I'm not willing to tell you who's going to be the starter. I'm, I'm going to let everybody figure that out at the same time. It's one of the good things about college ball. I really don't have to tell anybody, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that process going. It is still
1: an ongoing competition.
0: There's Blake Anderson on his quarterback decision. He joins us every Monday here on the Zone Sports Network, usually about uh, nine thirty. Utah State starts their season at Pullman, Washington, tomorrow night. Showdown with Washington State. Kickoff set for nine o'clock on the Pac-12 Network. Our play-by-play coverage here on the Zone will begin at eight with Scott Girard on the call from the Palouse. And I think the thing with the Aggies here is there are just so many questions. New coaching staff, ton of transfers. got to settle on a quarterback so a lot of questions to be answered on the fly and it all starts tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK Hashtag College Football Daniels under center fourth and one he'll hand the ball to Rashad White Rashad has a first down, he's got a touchdown to the 10, to the 5, touchdown Devils. Oh baby Rashad White Busted up the middle for a 26-yard TD. It's from Arizona State's win over Southern Utah, 41-14, the final score. Your devil's getting it done, PK. Encouraged or just ho-hum, they got through it. Jaden Daniels was 10-12 for 132 yards. What do you expect on to the next one?
1: What do you think? Oh, that was a miserable performance. They had 11 penalties in the first half. That's completely and totally unacceptable. I mean, it reminded me of the Dennis Erickson ex- era, in which a team led by Vontez Perfect was completely and totally undisciplined, and there was no accountability. And what do they say? Inmates running the asylum, whatever that expression is. That's exactly what it, what it was. It was a throwback. It couldn't have been more disappointing from that perspective.
0: UCF beats Boise State 36-31. The Broncos were up 21-0. They had a big 100-yard pick six that got them off on the right foot. But UCF got back in the game by halftime. They end up winning it. Hank Bachmeyer, Boise State, driving for the potential go-ahead scorer late in the fourth quarter, and he throws a pick. They were across midfield down around the 35, and he got picked off down at the 7-yard line, and that was the end of that game. Broncos yeah. had them, PK. They had a great start, but, man, UCF got back in that game pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, that was an exciting game, and uh, for sure, yeah, that Bachmeyer throw, I mean, you're you're too far along in your college football career to be making, making
0: that fast. throw.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just awful. There's no excuse for it. Uh, throw it out of bounds, go down, do something, but don't, don't, don't chuck, a, chuck it around like that.
0: And Ohio State beats Minnesota 45-31. Minnesota was there. Uh, had the lead midway through the game, but third quarter, Ohio State gets a go-ahead score, and then they pull away and win 45-31. The thing for Ohio State, my gosh, the explosive plays, big plays. They scored three touchdowns on like six plays in two minutes, and Minnesota's going on these long drives. The time of possession couldn't be couldn't be more lopsided. Ohio State's touchdowns, a 71-yard run, a 38-yard pass, a 56-yard pass. Uh, then they had a defensive score. And then the offense in the fourth quarter, 70- and 61-yard touchdown passes. So you got Ohio State bottled up until they make a massive play and blow you off the field and get the touchdown. So,
1: yeah, I think the, the change of the game was when they scored and then they got the defensive score. score. That that Who cares about time of possession? That's a, yeah, that's right. a relevant stat. It not mean anything.
0: Minnesota kept grinding, and then Ohio State. Bam! Touchdown. That scuba score put them up by 10, and then uh, Minnesota never never really could get it back after that. That was pretty much it. Uh, The upsets for the big sky. UC Davis, 1917 at Tulsa. And Eastern Washington beats UNLV in double overtime. Well, the Rebels are going to be playing in a nicer stadium, PK, but, man, that's not going to help them grow a program. Right out of the gate. Splat. You gotta feel better. We were talking about your Utah State predictions yesterday. Utah State UNLV. <laughs> All right, you're gonna get that one right.
1: Well, it's one game. Washington State under Leach had a habit of doing this, but obviously UNLV hasn't been good for a number of years.
0: Right. So there's the two uh the two money games that uh, that went awry. And and for Weber State fans, well, UC Davis has been good for a while, so this kind of announces that. And Eastern Washington has had really good teams, too. So yeah. Th- those are two of the better teams. It's certainly top third of the big sky right there, and those two teams get I feel
1: done. bad for UNLV because they barely drew a pulse without the Raiders, and now with the Raiders, <laughs> and wow, man. They, it's gonna it's be- actually going to reduce mm-hmm. the care factor, and the care factor was so small as it was.
0: Yeah. They needed uh, two fourth-quarter touchdowns to tie that game up and get it to OT. And you're right, it's going to be friends and family in a 60,000-seat stadium, so there you go. All right, big games tomorrow. Uh, obviously, we've got BYU and Utah State games to watch at eight thirty and 9, but there's, there's football all day long, Alabama and Miami. That's number one versus number 14 at 1.30. Uh, and that is on ABC And then you've also got LSU and Georgia in primetime. Excuse me, LSU and UCLA in primetime on Fox. Georgia and Clemson in primetime on ABC. And there's more games beyond that. Penn State and Wisconsin. That's a big conference game at 10 a.m. on Fox.
1: For sure, yeah.
0: So plenty of showdowns. First peak at Oregon. The 11th-ranked Ducks are playing Fresno State at noon on the Pac-12 network. So you can check all of those out. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL.
1: I think Zach Wilson is going to be in discussion as one of the top three to five quarterbacks very quickly. You know, within the next couple of years, I think you're going to see him rise. I think he's unbelievable. His ceiling is so high. It's rare for me to say someone has the ability to get in the stratosphere of a Mahomes, but I think this kid actually has that ability.
0: Tony Romo praising Zach Wilson. That is a take we have heard before and a take we are going to hear again from Tony Romo. He may be right and he may be wrong, but you know he's serious about it because he's repeating it.
1: Well, I think that it's come to the conclusion that Tony, when he was in town for the Utah Open, clearly was listening to me on the Zone Sports Network.
0: (laughs) Stealing your hot takes.
1: (laughs) And so it's obvious he's going to jump on the bandwagon, which I've been driving. I mean, I didn't jump on it. I'm actually... Driving this thing I've been driving it The first media member To recognize his talent And it's not like I'm bragging or anything That I saw something special That other guys didn't see And I saw it first And nobody wanted To back me up I'm not bragging About that at all You aren't? Cool That's great (laughs) Could you imagine now If somebody just Took me seriously?
0: Yeah that'd be awesome And people do (laughs) I mean right now You've really given it away You pulled the curtain All the way back but usually you only pull the curtain back 20% of the way and people are already mad and they don't hear you. And then, yeah,
1: I do think he's going to be really good, though, and it's a great. Tony Romo, wow. I mean, he's just throwing all sorts of plaudits at the kid before he's even taking a snap. And Tony, you know, that he's made his mark in broadcasting of telling you what the play's going to be as they're breaking the huddle, he right? Has. That was his big thing. Yep. So he's doing it now in a different way rather than telling you. Anybody could tell you what you just saw but he's trying to add a little bit more and to have Tony Romo say this and say this, you know, when he he said it locally, uh, okay, he knew his audience a little bit. I don't know what the audience was here this time around in this soundbite we just played, but that wasn't local.
0: Right. And it was virtually, I mean, it wasn't word for word, but it was really close. Yeah. But the thing is, when he said it here, yes, he knew his audience here, but he and he was never going to rip him in his own backyard, but He could have soft-pedaled it a little bit, and he didn't bother. You know, he could have said, I really like him. He's talented. Quarterback's a tricky position, so we got to give him a little time. But uh, I see why the Jets drafted, and I I think he could really be something. That would have been like three notches below where he went. Agreed. He really dialed it up. All right, uh, Keith McCants, former NFL player, former University of Alabama, All-American, 53 years old. He was... Found dead, a suspected drug overdose, 53, awfully young. Fourth overall pick in the 1990 NFL Draft. Oh, yeah, I remember him. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Brooklyn Nets add Paul Millsap, the former jazz man. A little depth. He's got a little something in the tank. And LaMarcus Aldridge, who... uh, had health issues and was going to retire. Has decided to resume his career. He's expected to go back to Brooklyn as well. So Veterans on the bench, PK. They're going to have vets. Brooklyn and L.A. The Lakers and Nets are both going to be old teams, but plenty of veterans, plenty of playoff experience.
1: Yeah, I think that's, uh, those are good moves. They're worth it. If, even if they don't amount to anything, they're worth a shot for the Nets. Uh, I, it's going to be tough, but I still think the Jazz will beat them.
0: Can you imagine if people took you serious? Or are you serious?
1: You don't think the Jazz can beat the Nets?
0: Well, you've been saying when you're serious, the Jazz are in the mix. So this is like Tony Romo. This is two different gears. I don't even know that the Jazz are going to play the Nets. So doesn't I really it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether,
1: uh, none of us, y- y- who knows that they're going to actually play? Who knows that? You would be along the lines with every other sim- single human being on the planet. The point I'm making is if it should come to that, I think the Jazz can beat them.
0: Can beat him, I would go with you. I think the Nets would be favored, but it's not a lock. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The 2 2 pitch to and Mark hits a high fly right field. Reyes back, he's to the track, he'll watch it fly. And for the A's, it's back to back, in a 4 0 lead in the first. The pitch. Change up. There's a high drive into deep left field. This one has a chance. Here he goes, Pelota, and that's the backbreaker. It's a big inning. Five to one, Giants. That's a three-run homer right there that does it. A four-run eighth inning. It was one-one Giants and Brewers in the eighth, but the Giants break it open and get the win. And now head into their series with the Dodgers, three games this weekend. The last time they will meet this year.
1: Yeah, you know, since the divisional era, which I think started in, what, 69, this is only the second time that two teams with a winning percentage of 630 or better, at least 130 games in the season, have played each other. The last time was a couple years ago. The Yankees and Dodgers did it, but of course, they're not even in the same league, let alone the same division. And the Dodgers and Giants here with the identical records, 630 or better. Wow, these are two powerhouse teams. The Giants began the season with a 5.7 chance to make the postseason.
0: And now they're in a tie. 85 wins. 100%. Yeah, 85 wins, 49 losses, 36 games over 500. they They're going to be in the playoffs. These two have just blown the Padres away. They're only eight games over 500. they They're 14 back. So it's these ancient rivals squaring off for the last time this season.
1: Yeah, you know what they should have done if baseball was smart? They would have recreated, like, Ebbets Field and moved one of the games back to Brooklyn. Oh,
0: that would be awesome. Freakishly (laughs) expensive. I mean, it's one thing to plow under a cornfield. It's another thing to clear out a few acres in Brooklyn. (laughs) All right, uh, now, if they build a replica of Ebbets Field in a cornfield, would you do it? Would you go for it then?
1: Uh, you just can't do the
0: stands, the 30, 35,000 or whatever
1: CD. It wouldn't have the same allure as yeah. if they did it in New York somewhere. I'm mean, come, on, come on. They, they put it in Central Park, right? I mean they got acres over there.
0: <laughs> All right, you heard the home run there. Oakland was up four-nothing. They went on to beat the Tigers eight to six. So Oakland picking up the win there, four and a half games behind the Astros. In the American League West, and they're also scrambling after the Yankees and the Red Sox in the wild-card race. They are two back of the Red Sox right now. So Oakland with Moneyball trying to get it done against the big boys with the big payrolls. Your Philadelphia Phillies, only two games out of the wild-card race. They beat the Nationals 7-6 and sweep the series So they're a game and a half behind the Padres, two games behind the Reds, and the Reds have the second and final wild card, obviously, the Giants or Dodgers. will get the first
1: one. I'm pulling hard for them. That game was on MLB Network yesterday afternoon, so I was watching it, and they obviously they got down six-zip. Nola, one of their better pitchers, was giving up home runs left and right. But they came back, man. Maybe there's a little magic there. Joe Girardi, maybe he could produce a little magic with that ball club. The I mean, Bees. they took a blow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They took a big blow. Hoskins is gone for the season. He was their big power hitter. So I don't think they can, they can do it.
0: Bees lose to the River Cats 8-3. Teams play again tonight at 8 o'clock here on the Zone Sports Network. Pre-game coverage begins at
1: 7.50. I think it, it got us all by surprise. We were kind of shocked uh, with the news. I think everyone was, and... You know, at the same time, um, you know, you preach a lot of stuff all year and then all of a sudden, you know, you can say you bounce. For us, it's like, okay, maybe, you know, he didn't believe in us. Maybe he didn't believe in himself, whatever it was. But the most important thing now is we have Pablo now and he has the keys to, to the job. And, um, you know, we have to uh, find ways to get a result.
0: That's Rubio Rubin right there. You preach a lot of things all year long and then you bounce stick together, we're all in this, we got to fight for each other, I'm leaving this head coaching job for an assistant coaching job, Rubio Rabin, dialing it down a little bit for public consumption, I imagine there's a little more frustration than he let on there a week later, but well, that's the first I mean, time he's been is, available to the media.
1: This is an incredible move, I mean, I can't compare it to literally anything that's done, and I don't have the deep soccer background as you guys do and all that stuff, so I don't know if it's somewhat common in soccer, mm-hmm. it's been done mm-hmm. in Europe or whatever, no, this nope. does
0: not happen. Nope, this doesn't yeah. happen. This is unusual. This is uh, this is this is a unicorn of a coaching move right here.
1: But I don't know that uh, on the surface it's a lack of faith in the in the players. Is it a situation with the management? Where is my contract going? And who knows what the future's holding? Uh, and I've got a relationship with the people in Seattle, so I can get something stable. I mean, you can't uh, criticize a man for wanting employment. It's unusual the way it played out, but I don't know that it's a reflection on lack of faith on the team but if they want to use that as a rallying point obviously they didn't the other night but they still have time
0: They do have time, they've got uh, 6 home games left and one of them is against Dallas, Rio Tinto Stadium 6 o'clock Saturday night RSL with that loss in Vancouver and it was 4-1, to it was an ugly loss They have dropped under five hundred now 7 wins, 8 losses and they've tied 6 as well so they're sitting in the last playoff spot right now, and it's six teams for two spots, six teams separated by three points. So literally one win, you can jump from 11th place to 6th place depending on the results. So it's a big game, and uh, RSL will have Demir Krylock back. Their all-star did not play in Vancouver. He had been suspended for a yellow card accumulation, so he'll be back. But Putnam's been struggling in goal. Ochoa has been training... But Pablo Mastroni, the interim coach, uh, really hedged when he was asked if, he, if Ochoa was going to be healthy enough to go. So they may have to go with their third-string guy. We'll have to see how Ochoa feels, I guess, it, when he warms up, if he warms up, if they even let him get to that point, depending on how training goes today. So he's had a quad injury, and he's been out. All right, that's what's trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job, too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, more football. A lot more football. Josh Newman, Utes writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. 8 o'clock, Alex Brink, Washington State football analyst. 9 o'clock, more football on the way. Your reaction to the Utes opener coming up. Stay with us.